0: Hi there, fellow pickers. My name is Mike, and I'm coming to you from the Redwoods of Northern California. And today, I'm joined with my lovely wife, Mrs. Tupperware herself, Jen. How are you doing today, Jen?
1: I'm fantastic. Thanks, Mike.
0: Perfect. All right, Jen. So, had Kara last week. You're back on. We got some Tupperware updates, and we have an awesome episode. It's your guide to tackling tricky eBay buyers so you can maximize your profit. So did you bring your ideas for maximizing profit?
1: I did. And all of the wisdom when it comes to to dealing with tricky people.
0: All right. So what makes, what do you think makes us qualified for dealing with tricky people? What's your background in retail?
1: Oh, I don't have a huge background in retail, but I have worked for a number of years in ministry. And so, you know, I have. I've had a lot of time counseling people, and I've been a manager, so I've had lots of people that I needed to manage, and they've been on my teams. and inevitably, in length, we just learn from conflict, so I think I have some unique wisdom to bring
0: to this so conversation. Got, the last one is about five years working at the front counter at our local church, so yeah. and then for me, I've worked retail a good portion of my life, and now I'm working in a customer experience team for the company I work for now. So it's not like we're just fly by night just in eBay for a year and think that we know everything about people and deal with people, but we actually have the customer service experience. So we kinda of wanted to give our tips on what's going on because we faced a couple of pretty hard customers lately and we're gonna talk through that. But first, we have an exciting announcement, kinda we kind <laughs> of uh alluded to it with carl last week but that was jen had an amazing sale on something that we've been following on this show for a while so jen you want to tell us a little bit about your update on the sweater
1: i do i'm so excited Mike. it's finally sold i knew that it would i knew that i needed to wait for sweater weather or i needed to wait for halloween because i knew that someone would surely want this treasure for a Halloween costume or just a part of their wardrobe or maybe even a search as like costume for a film. That was my hope was that one day that maybe I would just see it like as a costume in a film in the background. You. you know, we've been, we've had it for a while and we've waited for it sell, And it finally did.
0: All right. So give us a breakdown. What'd you sell it for?
1: Sold it for $119. And of course okay. there was some, you know, some taxes and then some shipping and stuff. And so after the cost that we paid for the sweater, we ended up with about $80 worth of profit on it, which I feel like is really good profit for a single item. I did originally think that there was going to be more profit on this particular item, but you know, sometimes they just take just the right person. And so I'm pretty happy with $80 of profit for it. Yeah, It was a good pick.
0: (laughs) That's pretty substantial, and that's the kind of stuff that we want to find more of. But they yeah. are they are really hard to find out in the wild. So yeah, well, we'll stick with our twenty and thirty dollar profits. I'll sell those all day long. Sure. Amazing. All right. So diving into the episode a little bit, we're going to be talking about those difficult customers that you deal with mm-hmm. in eBay. We've all had them. We know what mm-hmm. they are. And some of the listings, some of the customers that we deal with are. So we have the angry customers, we have the demanding customers, we have unreasonable customers, and then we have the scammers that are out there. Ooh, the ugly scammers. So we're going to be doing a follow-up episode pretty soon on scammers. So we're not going to really cover that one too much today, but we did want to talk about the first three that, that I mentioned. So how to deal with difficult customers, the angry customer. My idea is you got to stay calm and listen to their comments, uh, apologize for any inconvenience and try to resolve the issue to their satisfaction. It's been my experience with talking to people in my present role that if I let them vent and get it off their chest, like 75% of the time, I find out that they're not even mad about what what I'm doing. They're mad about something else in life and they just need somebody to vent it out to. And I know we're not therapists, but just listening to the customer sometimes really diffuses what's going on.
1: Yeah. And sympathizing, empathizing can go a long way.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's my tip. And then, uh, Jen, you had a tip too. What's your tip?
1: I think um, it's just best to go into it. Just be prepared in advance. Um, You know, people are going to be disappointed somewhere along the lines. We haven't had any actually like Angry customers. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty feeling pretty happy and excited um, that we haven't had to cross that. We've had over 100 transactions. And so far, we've just had some what I would consider just like challenging or demanding or just attention sucking kind of customers that kind of just eat up, uh, you know, bits and pieces of an entire day. But we haven't had anybody that's been angry. But I think just being prepared that eventually, one day you're probably going to have somebody who is in angry at you, like legitimately just like angry. Right. And I think it can be helpful to just decide in advance um, of any problems actually occurring, like what you're going to do. What is your response going to be? Um, how are you going to respond? What um, is going to be some common things that feel agreeable to you that you could do as a solution to be solution oriented towards the, the anger and to try and, like diffuse it before it lands you an unpleasant feedback comment, you know. Um, so just take some time to really think and decide in advance of who you're going to be, what your customers um, can expect out of you, what your character is going to look like. I think that goes a long way. Yeah.
0: Yep, we definitely are in the customer service business, being an eBay. So. Yeah. That's our first tip for you with angry customers. So let's go on to what about those demanding customers, man?
1: Sure, sir.
0: They're just going back and forth with lowball um, offers. And yeah. Can you measure this? Can you take this picture? Can you do that? So you definitely want to be polite, be professional with those customers. You know, you are in a customer service but, position. So but you got to be firm with your boundaries. So don't uh, come into the conversation, know what your boundaries are and how far you're willing to bend over for somebody. And then don't agree to anything that you are not comfortable with. So yeah, those are pretty good tips. Uh, I really like the one about boundaries too. It's like, how much time is this transaction worth? How much time am I, is it, is, am I willing to go back and forth with this customer? How many pictures am I willing to take? How many, how many measurements am I willing to take for these guys? And then yeah. in the end, you know, I kind of seen that some of those customers that we've had in the end, they don't even take the product. It's like, oh geez. But,
1: you know, I mean, in the end, we want people who have purchased things and are happy with the item that they received and and hopefully leave good, good feedback. So if right. it's in a back and forth, back and forth, and they choose that to buy, it, I think I feel a little relieved that maybe they chose not to purchase um, just because, you know, in the end, I want people to be happy and it just seems like maybe there is a question of whether or not I can pull that off for them. Um, right. but I think knowing, like, like I said in the first point, knowing in advance, what your boundaries are going to be, like establishing those before they even come into question can really be beneficial for you as a sale- seller of what your hours are going to be, uh, how many messages you're willing to like go back and forth on a person before you just kind of are like, this isn't right. this isn't going anywhere. And then um, determining in advance um, so that you are approaching anything from a point of, um, I'm sorry, from the perspective of, I've already determined what my consequence is going to be for certain actions so that you're not being punitive or unfair to people just because Mm -hmm. they've kind of like aggravated you or annoyed you. Um, So determining what some of your boundaries and the consequence to them will be, um, I think will help you be able to make more like level headed, calm decisions. And so we had an example um, where somebody purchased a pair of shoes from us and then it took a long time for them to pay for them and it wasn't um, a situation where we were just hearing crickets this person was communicative they were sending messages back and forth Uh they were updating us they were waiting for a paycheck and so um the other thing that i've noticed about eBay is that it will give you all kinds of wonderful opportunities to practice patience and compassion um so how we would want people, you know, to be patient with us. You know, I can understand really wanting an item but not having the money for it. We've all kind of been there. We've had no money in our checking account. Um, but again, it can be aggravating because, you know, eBay has their terms and stuff, and like the person is clearly violating, like they should not have, if they couldn't pay within two or three days, they really shouldn't have. Purchase the item and expected for you to drag it on for weeks on end you know but um if you have determined in advance that you do have the bandwidth to be patient you can still implement other consequences so i continue to be kind compassionate cheerful understanding patient with the person who had purchased the shoes knowing full well full well in my mind that once the transaction had been completed they were going to land themselves on my list um, where you can you can add people um, that are no longer allowed to purchase from you. So there is a right. way um, in eBay to add names of people that you would no longer really enjoy doing business with. Right. It wasn't a bad transaction. It just took longer than my patient's boundary. It exceeded my patient's boundary, and so therefore the consequence to their action was just getting they're not able to purchase from us anymore. So I still left right. them good feedback. And um, they, I think they let us positive feedback and stuff, you know, all is well at the end of the day, but determining what right. you're going to do in advance. Helps.
0: That was a good example of the red shoe lady. Yeah. Uh, we, we did. And I, I'm kind of on the other side of the fence with that one. Cause she was very reasonable and yeah. she just, she just bought the shoes and couldn't afford to pay for them right away. I yeah. can see her jumping on them and I see her as a repeat customer now jim brings up a good point if you don't want to have that kind of a customer then that's totally up to you and it's up to your rights but then you can't come back later after you've blocked you know a thousand people from buying from you and be like oh where's my sales at sometimes you've got to be acceptable to the people that are buying from you yeah and so you want to set those boundaries like you're talking about you want to be professional and be polite yeah and uh be empathetic you can tell if somebody's stringing you along or you can tell if somebody's telling you the truth and they're just down on their luck right now and they'll get, they'll get to it. And luckily those worked out because they were the they were the free shoes that you found in a free pile and we ended yes. up selling them. So it was 100% yeah. profit on that transaction.
1: And I think that that is what helped me to have more patience on that particular scenario. Like I wasn't an item that I had paid anything for. So I was like, well, waiting for yeah. payday is not a big deal, but I can see how it could become an aggravation you know, you might be losing out on an opportunity on an item that you did pay for, waiting for somebody to pay for it. And in the end, you just don't know how it's going to go. You know, in our example, it worked out well, but we've had examples where people have bought things and they haven't paid. And the natural consequence to that is also leading on our list of people yeah. who are no longer allowed to buy from us. So, you know, you have to, you have to use your, your gut instincts. Well, Mike, I just... I think we've been lucky since I took over in April. I haven't had anybody that I would really consider unreasonable at this point. Um, thankfully uh, everything has arrived. All packages have tracking, you know, and I check to make sure that they get delivered and nobody has reached out complaining like that the package had been stolen or, and thankfully nothing has been broken. We've had lots of feedback that everything's been wrapped well. So, um, I know that the day is going to come, But I don't really think that that is unreasonable. If something doesn't arrive or they don't get their package, like, you know, that's not my fault. And so I hope that they would see that it isn't my fault. But, um, you know, I'm prepared for it. One day it it will happen. We will probably have somebody who's just completely unreasonable. And I will probably just bend to make them as appreciated and as happy as possible.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about it, too. And we knock on wood, we have been really lucky. We haven't had a really unreasonable people or people trying to scam us, which is there one is- that I've been really worried about. And that goes into our next one is scammers. But you want to be aware of the eBay scammers out there and how to protect yourself. If you suspect that you are being scammed, you want to you want to contact eBay immediately. I hear horror stories that eBay. Doesn't. I wouldn't say it doesn't protect the eBay buyers. I think eBay protects the eBay buyers pretty well or very well. I think that some people just don't handle things correctly and they get confused. And so they think that it's eBay's fault when they've actually done something wrong themselves. Yeah. But I think for the most part, like I've heard stories about eBay. Somebody will buy something and then a couple of days later, eBay will send an email to the to the seller and you know what? Don't ship that. This account looks looks kind of shady, and we think it's a scammer. So don't ship your product out. So mm-hmm. I think that eBay is really trying to do their best to be on top of things, but I'm not I'm not sure. I haven't had to deal with that. But we're gonna break Damn. that down over Thanksgiving weekend. We are going to Carl's. Going to come back on with me. We're gonna talk about eBay scams and just different online scams that are going on out there, yeah. and how to protect yourself against them. So. Look forward to that upcoming episode. All right, and then Jen had a couple of pro tips. She had two more pro tips. She'll go ahead and give us her pro tips to not react to them. So, what's your what's your what's your first other pro tip, Jen?
1: Okay. Well, um, the first thing that I would say is everybody knows the golden rule and the customer is always right. Um, I think my pro tip is to actually. I agree with the the philosophy of both but I would just say treat people better than you would like to be treated yourself Um, and I think that people really remember the way that you made them feel Um, and so you know if you can leave, have a person leaving feeling good about the transaction I think that that's more important than a lot you know just like in the end I think it's good if people can feel good about it so Um, that's what we're always striving for. And, you know, there's a couple of moments where there was one item in particular, there was a lot of back and forth and a lot of measuring and, you know, it was pretty specific and I did the best that I could. And I still had this like lingering, gnawing feeling that like, I w I wasn't going to make the grade, like I wasn't going to pass muster on this situation. And so I was really braced. Like I had talked to you about it and I was like, you know, we're just going to talk this up to the learning curve. Like at the end of the day, I feel really good about like my effort and what I tried to do for this person. But I think that there is a possibility that this one could go south on us. And yeah. you know what? In the end we received the nicest, like really personalized feedback and it was like heartfelt and it was so kind, like, Sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I like to go read our our little reviews and our little comments and they kind of give me like a little pep, you know? And hers Nurse. is one that really sticks out for me. Like she really took the time to write a solid paragraph about the transaction and how well it went for her. And so, you know, you cause sometimes you gotta trust your gut. Like when we were talking about scammers, like listen to your intuition. Um, if something feels off, it probably is. But leave yeah. room for it to be okay. You know, like leave room for it to be a positive experience. So
0: Yep. I I feel the same way. And I, I approach that in my dealing in life too. It's like uh is uh treat people the way that you want to be treated, like Jen was talking about. And I think it really translates over to eBay too, because we are in the customer service field and it's <laughs> uh it makes You know, Jen has a saying, a Southern saying, catch more flies with honey or catch, does it catch more bees with honey or catch more flies? It's
1: it's flies. Flies are more attracted to honey than they are vinegar. So (laughs) you should try to be sweet, Mike.
0: (laughs) Yep, Try to be nice to your customers and try to do the best you can. And yeah, that's a great one. Okay. So you have one more for us. What's your last one?
1: Yeah. My last one is to try as hard as you can to release your desire to be right um even if you are factually correct um sometimes people will send you some communication about something um and you know what it really doesn't help your bottom line if you insist on trying to be right um people really love to be right and so even if you know that they are um just try your best to move past it um and, you know, with that extending people, the benefit of the doubt, I feel like inherently most people, more people are good, you know, than, right. um, there's a few people. Yes. There are some bad people out there. who are trying to get you, trying to take advantage of you. But I feel like by and large, most of the people in the world are, are good. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying the best that they can. You're trying the best that you can, um, So just in your written communications, like if there's messaging going back and forth, just if you know they're wrong, just let it be, you know, (laughs) yeah, just let it be.
0: And and you're talking about, you know, that they're wrong and it has no relevance on the sale. It's just that they said something wrong. So don't, don't try to correct them. If if it's, if it doesn't affect what's going on with your cell, just let it go. Just let it be. It's not, you don't need to correct them. You don't need to tell them their hair is really orange instead of red or whatever the case yeah. is that they said yeah. wrong. Just let it go.
1: But and it's going to come I, up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. But on the flip side <laughs> though, I don't mind being corrected. So if we're saying something wrong or if you have some other comments that you want to make yeah. some other tips, go ahead and throw them in the comments below. If you're watching on YouTube and if you're on the audio podcast, go ahead and jump on over to Instagram or to X. It seems to be blowing up over on X quite a bit lately. So you give us your tips and tricks, how you deal with customer service, anything we missed, anything you disagree with. We're open to chat about that too. And I promise that would we'll be nice about it.
1: Yeah, we can't really take it. We have both have practice on receiving feedback. And so, you know, I also try to put through the filter, like not everyone is well practiced at receiving feedback. So, yes. <laughs> you know, if you don't know, them, maybe you shouldn't offer feedback unless it's been requested. <laughs> but we are requested.
0: It's so. definitely something that I've learned and. In the years, you know, I'm coming up on 50 and I am not above correction. Correction is yeah. only a chance for me to grow further. So I'm always open to this stuff. And if you just are being mean, and spiteful, then I know how to deal with that too. So yeah. All right. Couple more tips on protecting yourself on eBay from customer service and customer services, document all your communications. Never, ever go outside. Never communicate outside with a customer on eBay. You will l- lose your protection from eBay. You know, eBay sends emails. They have a list of messages, the the little message tab up above. So just keep all your communications that you have. Remember Mm -hmm. to keep keep recordings of all your transactions. So this is pretty easy with eBay because they keep all that stuff for you. So keep all recordings of all your transactions. This one's a little bit interesting and I'm not going to go deep dive in this one here. But if you all would like to go a deep dive on this one feel free to leave a comment or make a suggestion and we will put together an episode on this one this one is it goes along with blocking people or sellers but you can use ebay's buyer requirements filters to filter out those difficult buyers so you can i and like i said i don't want to go into a deep dive into it but you can check off which customers you want to talk to, which ones you don't, which ones you want to buy from you. And then last but not least is report all report reporting difficult customers to eBay. So if somebody's being spiteful or being mean or you you feel like that they're being a scammer, report them. It doesn't hurt to report them and if eBay does their investigation and finds no fault, it doesn't go against the buyer. It's just it's just you're being diligent and protecting all of us. There, you know, out of however many million customers are on eBay, there's a lot of bots and scammers and people are doing very bad things, and we want mm-hmm. to leave those out. So don't feel bad about reporting them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jen, I think that's gonna do it for our list. If you'd like, if you like this podcast, would really appreciate it if you'd jump on down and give us a review on Apple. Apple podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast, whatever your favorite listening app is. And then also if you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and click that little bell notification. And then finally on all social medias at Pickers Podcast or over on X, we're at Podcast Pickers. You can communicate with us on that way. I love sitting on the couch, watching TV, just answering comments and, scrolling through and seeing what everybody's talking about just connecting with the reselling community all right this is time for the tupperware update jen you ready for a tupperware update on our tupperware journey
1: i was so excited <laughs> yes <laughs> all
0: right so if you're new to the show we bought uh a, a a haul of vintage new old stock uh it was a storage unit full storage unit full worse so. We ended up we bought the we bought it for a thousand dollars. It cost us nine hundred dollars to get the trailer and traveling expenses to go pick it up. So we're all in for nineteen hundred dollars on what they said was about five hundred pieces of Tupperware, which we're getting to understand that it's more like probably fifteen hundred pieces of Tupperware. The more that we're diving into this stuff, (laughs) so far, so so far we've uh, netted a profit, netted. We uh, Carl corrected me on this last time. We didn't. We're not in a profit yet, but we've netted from eBay nine hundred and one dollars and fifty four cents. That's after all the eBay fees. So that's the that's the net profit of the sales. Now to that minus the nineteen hundred dollars, we're at nine hundred ninety eight dollars and forty six cents to go to break even. Yes, Woo. I love it. We broke that $1,000 mark. And that comes in with, we have sold 59 listings. Now they haven't been individual listings. We've been bundling quite a bit of them. And then that is 18 listings just from the last episode that you have uh, sold, Jen. Good job. I love that.
1: I have been very busy. It's been lovely.
0: (laughs) You have been. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that after this next line. So average net profit for each cell is $15 and 28 cents. That's net profit that we're putting in our pocket. Now it is going towards the cost of buying the Tupperware. So don't get me wrong, but we have a lot of Tupperware to go. And after that $998 that we have left, that's just all gonna be pure profit into our pockets. And that is up from $14 and 55 cents from last week. So that's amazing.
1: Yay. And of yes. course, there will be some things that we need to buy along the way. You know, um, we recently invested in a few different box sizes and some mailers, but we're using those for our other listings as well. And bubble wrap, you know, so there'll be some minor costs. But there is a lot of tupperware left to go. <laughs> so
0: there is a ton um, of tupperware left to go. So yeah. this question came up on uh, it wasn't it wasn't on the episode we didn't record. It, it was Carl and I talking offline. But he was saying, he was asking me how much time you spend on listing and stuff like that. And I told him about, it's about 30 hours a week, 25 to 30 hours a week. Is that, is that about right?
1: I think so. I'm not really going to be the one um, who sets a timer or punches in and out. The reason that I want to be at home and work from home is because I don't want to do that anymore. And so I feel like as long as I am joyful and I'm happy and I'm content, like, Obviously, some days I work more than others. Um, some days I'm responding to messages later in the night than than not. Sometimes I take taking a slow morning. And so for me, that's really what this is all about. It is um, a blessing to me to have something that is a little flexible. And so I'm not really counting the minutes because I feel like the minutes are going to go by regardless. They pass anyways, And so right. some of them I'm making some money. <laughs> yeah. Some of them I'm trying to pay back Tupperware costs.
0: No, exactly. Where I was going with that point is, so just say that you're investing 30 hours a week right now. So we, you've listed maybe a quarter of the Tupperware that we have. And so (laughs) when, I know, that's kind of daunting to think about that number, isn't it? Yeah. So, but after you finish taking pictures and listing and doing all this stuff and getting it all organized and it's all on a system out, inventory system out in the garage, then after that, you're going to have all kinds of free time. So you're putting in all the hours now, but later on, you're still going to reap all the benefits of selling those individual are... pieces or those or those lots that you're putting together. So investing the time in now is going to l- allow you to have free time in the future and just kick back. And it's kind of going to be passive income. So yeah. I don't know if we'll record or kind of pencil out how much time is actually invested compared to what We send what we sit on after we get all the Tupperware listed. I don't think that I don't think I want to do that, but it's going to be nice passive income once all this hard stuff is done with listing all this stuff. I love it. I love Tupperware. It's my favorite thing to buy. It's my favorite thing to source. I do miss going to yard sales and garage sales, though, to be honest with you, because we have so much. Yeah, (laughs) there's still some out there in estate sales, but because we have so much stuff, though, we can't really afford to do anything else right now, other than collect all the money from the top four sales. To be honest with you,
1: and once we get all of the top four listed, like I promise, you're gonna be able to go back to your yard sales and to your thrift stores. There's always that, going to be stuff to buy. <laughs> I love it. All right, fellow pickers, go find your treasuries one story at a time.
0: And remember, it's not reselling if you're not being nice to your customers. Wow. Yeah.